Hi, it's dating coach Chris Luna from Craft Charisma. Welcome to the Craft Charisma podcast, our free audio coaching program where we interview the top experts in the world at helping you become the man you've always wanted to be. My guest today is JD Dallas. JD is a dating and attraction advisor as well as a motivational life counselor with Modern Male Lifestyle. He's the author of the book, The Dating Attitude, and has produced over 50 hours of audio training for men who are looking to get their life in order. JD, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. It's uh, It really is a pleasure to be here. I'm always glad to take time for you. JD, can you tell the listeners a little bit about your background, how you got into this, what you do? You know, I'm sure that we all kind of come from the same place, you know, guys like you and I that are in this business where at, there was a certain point in our life where we decided something had to change. You know, shit was not going the way that uh, we wanted it to. And we would see these incredibly beautiful women walking down the street with that guy. You know, if, if he can do that, I can do that. And, you know, instead of being mad at that guy or trying to find out, you know, it's like, you know, why, why she was that guy? He must have said something clever or he must have a lot of money. I, I figured out that the common denominator in all my failed relationships was me. It wasn't that I hadn't met the right one. It's that I wasn't the right one. And like anything in your life worth having, you know, you have to decide to go for it and uh, make a change. And uh, that's what I did. And immediately my friends and people around me started uh, asking me for advice because they started to see my success and my change, you know, physically and mentally, my appearance, my persona, my finances, everything. And uh, the girl I was with at the time, name is Maya. She was like, you really should start charging for that service. And I was no, nah, just, just helping out my friends. And so I wrote, uh, I wrote a book and it sold really well. And that's how I, I, I started the business. JD, that's absolutely awesome. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you're working on now? That's a good question. In um, it kind of ironic since we're doing a, we're taping a podcast right now. That is the next venture that I'm, working on, I have talked to, uh, a couple of guys of note that you might've heard of, uh, Carlos Zuma, um, Gary Brodsky, even the, uh, uh, highly popular David D'Angelo. Um, and we're editing, uh, those interviews now, uh, would love to have you on. Of course, I, I would consider it an honor if, uh, you know, uh, you would return the favor someday soon. And um, we're b- building our podcast. Uh, I also uh, started uh, a speed dating service, and that's been highly successful. And it's right now it's very local. I'm based in Columbus, Ohio, the 15th largest city in the world, and um, we've had seven different events. They've been uh, almost everyone has found at least someone they wanted to contact one more time, and of course. It's it's a great way to uh, pick up students as well. That's great, man. Uh, and as far as the podcast, I would love to. We can coordinate after this and figure that out. I have a ton of questions. I want to get into these, some of these questions. First one is really about leadership being an alpha male. What are some of the common traits of an alpha male versus kind of that of a beta male? And how can guys become or have more of these alpha characteristics? It's such a, a loaded question in the sense that you know you and I. I would imagine could talk about that for several hours. There's so many traits. Um, 
you know, and it, it's one versus the other, but, you know, I'll hit some of the highlights. Um, and of course, you know, if guys want more info on this, they can go to you or me and, and we can explain it to them in detail. But in general, I, I like to tell men to think about it as a block of marble. And you know, there's a famous quote attributed to Michelangelo. They said, you know, it's amazing that you were able to create the statue of David, you know, one of his famous pieces of work. And um, they said, how did you do it? And he said, I just removed the pieces on the block of marble that weren't the statue. And all that was left was the statue of David. And I, and I thought it was beautifully simplistic and um, humble, of course, considering his genius. But it's kind of the same thing here. If guys want to be more alpha, one of the first things that they can do, you know, um, is stop being more beta. And knowing what beta male characteristics are is half the battle, because you may not even realize that you're doing them. And I'll just give you a few examples, and I'm sure you've heard of these, you know, in your experience. But just for example, a beta male, he needs affirmation from other people. And basically what I think that means is that he's obsessed with what other people think of him. And an alpha male, just for example, he really doesn't give a shit what other people think about him. And this, I've found, makes a guy very attractive. And one of the best ways that you can do that is stop looking for approval from others. You don't have to necessarily be confident and how other people perceive you, just stop looking for that affirmation. Uh, beta males talk way too fast. They always seem to be nervous or in a rush. And they live life, uh, you know, day by day, not really knowing what they want. Um, you'll find yourself sitting on the couch rather than doing something production, productive, you know, lazy, passive type things. Uh, they tend to give up when they fail. They tend to blame others. And uh, one, of, one of the big ones that I, that I really hate is the apologetic nature of a beta. Um, not that an alpha will never apologize because I think he does apologize, um, and especially when they truly believe that they should. But it's not for the sole purpose of trying to make other people feel better. Um, but a beta male will say sorry a lot, even if it doesn't belong in the conversation. You know, um, he apologizes to others because he feels like he might have offended them somehow. And this comes right out of their mouth and the second they approach a woman. You know, they say, sorry to bug you. The very first word, sorry to bother you. You know, and that immediately sets you off on the, on the wrong path, you know, with her. And Quite the simplest way to to interrupt someone is to tell them to allow you to do it. Just say, excuse me. And you're commanding them to excuse you. And they will. And like I said, we could go on and on about this for a long time, but I think one of the, the most important things that a man can do is start to be aware of these beta male characteristics and at the very least, stop doing those. Because the world is full of so many betas and so few alphas at this time that 
simply not acting beta will help you stand out like a motherfucker. Okay. No, I think it's a great beginning to start this conversation. So a guy becomes aware of these beta characteristics. I mean, that's the first step. Now, what's the second step? Well, self-awareness is really important. If you think about a, uh, a baseball player, a, a pitcher, and he is having trouble commanding his curveball, and he's not aware that he's doing this one thing with his elbow up in the air, and his pitching coach keeps saying, hey, man, your elbow's wrong, your elbow's wrong, and he's just like, I don't understand, and then they show him a video of him pitching. And he's like, oh, it, it's so obvious. My elbow's going way up in the air like that. No wonder I can't get the curveball across the plate. You have to first be aware of the problem before you can fix it. So what I recommend is, and, you know, this is, this is common knowledge. You know, guys can Google uh, lists of beta male characteristics, you know, and look at them and see if, look at those and see if any of those are things that you're doing. And like I said, first, let's eliminate those. Second, let's start to take the lead. And, you know, in a group of people, you know, <laughs> Alpha's kind of always in charge, kind of laid back, though. It's, it's, it's more understated than anything. You know, you'll see the beta males trying to entertain women, um, talking too fast, doing all these crazy things. And something that a, a man can do is first to just breathe and just be. And never leave the house without realizing that it's an opportunity to meet new people, especially new women. Um, start to become that guy. I believe, Chris, that you can act your way into right thinking but you can't think your way into right acting. Thinking your way into right acting is like, you know, we are not our thoughts, unfortunately. Um, you know, you can sit around, like I said, you know, playing your video games or on the couch, not going to the gym, doing a lot of, doing a lot of passive things. And just by thinking about it doesn't do anything. Um, you have to put those thoughts into action. Because a thought is just what it is. It's an idea. It's nothing concrete. It's not in the real world. You have to bring it from the mental into the physical. And one of the best ways I've found to do that is to write it down. You know, it's like a guy, an, ar an architect building a bridge. Um, he has an idea of what he wants the bridge to look like, but it's not going to get the bridge built. He has to bring it from the mental into the physical. How do we get to that finished product where people are driving from Brooklyn over to Manhattan? Well, one of the first things he does is start to write it down. And that brings it from the mental into the physical world. And once it's written down, things start to jump off the paper at you. You know, for example, um, an architect's making blueprints, and he's like, wow, I really thought that this would work here, but seeing it on paper, it really doesn't look right. I need to change that. And, you know, eventually those blueprints have to become actions. Somebody has to purchase the concrete. Somebody has to build the fucking bridge. So that's one of the, the first things I say. You can't think your way into acting. Now, on the, on the converse, I, I always coach my guys to, you can act your way 
into right thinking, which to me means let's start taking some actions. Let's try leading our group by saying, hey, let's go over here or just make a comment about this place is nowhere. I know a great place to go. It's going to be awesome. Follow me and see how it works. And when you start acting the part and then you see that it's successful, then you'll start to think the part. So the more that you act alpha, it's, it's not a fake it till you make it. It's, it's, a, it's a becoming, you know, um, it, it, it's like anything else. It's like, you know, practicing, uh, hitting a baseball or shooting free throws. You know, you can, if you're not confident in making th- free throws, if you spend a year shooting a thousand free throws a day, you're going to be extremely confident in that. And that, that is your thinking. How did you get there? You did the action you practiced. I think you have some great points there. It made me think of a story. I was in my early twenties. I had a sales job and I remember I had told some folks, follow me. And then I started walking. And I remember with each step I took, I kept thinking to myself, I hope they're following me. I hope they're following me. And then I finally got to wherever I had to go. And I didn't look back one time because I was so nervous. I probably walked 30 yards and then I turned around and they're standing behind me. And I was absolutely shocked that these people would follow me. But in my mind at that time, I didn't think that I could lead people, especially people who were older than I was. And what happened was that small success stayed or registered in my subconscious that, hey, I could probably do this again because I had done it once successfully. Absolutely. I think that that's an, ama- that's an amazing story. You know, it, you think about it, you know, I'm, I'm now in my 40s and I, I go to, uh, you know, Walmart. I'm going up to some 17-year-old kid and I'm saying, hey, where are the uh, skull caps? And he'll say, follow me. And I will. Why? Because he has that air of authority about him where I don't know. And he has uh, the knowledge and it's people want to be led Chris so bad because so many people are so afraid to take the lead. They're looking for someone to do it. So it might as well be you but rather, you know, better to lead than to be led because the person leading you might be a complete maniac and lead you right off the cliff. Women especially respond to that. And, you know, and that's something as simple as, you know, you, you met her, you got her phone number and you're meeting her on a coffee date. Don't, you don't want to be rude, but you don't have to ask her to meet. You just say, Hey, I'm going, I go to this place that has the world's greatest espresso. You should join me. And when you get there, you say, come on in, you say, sit down, you know, um, and, and, and watch her do those things. And it sets up a really nice precedent where you tell and she does, you know, and it, and it speaks to her instinctual nature. And, and like I said, there's so many betas out there. If you're at a club, at a party, whatever you're doing, people are looking for someone to make them relax, to take the lead. So they know what to do next. Um, you'll find that it, it it's a lot easier than you think it is, you know, because m- most of us are sitting here waiting to be led as well. I mean, it never occurred to us to just take the lead. In addition to leading, right, or trying to lead, what are some other places that the men who are listening to this can focus on as they develop these skill sets? 
Well, I, you know, alpha is a complete package. One of your appearances is really important. If you think about it, um, a police uniform, for example, we automatically associate um, authority with that uniform. You know, and on the weekend, that guy's probably sitting in his backyard pool with his gut hanging out, having a beer. He doesn't look very authoritative. Now, Monday morning, he puts on his police uniform, and we associate the way he looks with that Arab authority. And if we think about um, iconic alpha males, even characters like your James Bond characters and all that stuff, he's always dressed to the nines. Whatever your style is, it's not that you have to walk around in uh, Armani tuxedo all the time. But, um, you know, start to take an interest in your own appearance. And even if you're, you know, a big guy, there's clothes that are uh, suitable for you. I always tell my guys, and this is probably something that everybody can use, if you can't close your eyes, reach into your closet and pull something out and know that you're going to look good in it, it's time to overhaul your wardrobe and get rid of some things. And just by dressing the part, you're immediately going to command more attention and more respect. Again, like I said, you know, there's a guy in a suit and a tie, and he's standing up in front of, you know, the audience for the boardroom or something. We tend to put a certain amount of cachet on that. And, you know, if you just rolled out of bed, throw on your sweatpants and a Christmas sweater and your flip-flops, and you're running down to the store to pick up, you know, some soda or whatever it is, and boom, there she is. You know, you're not prepared. And you could be the most James Bond guy in the world, but just your initial appearance is going to put her off. You know, she's not going to associate that air of authority with you where, you know, if you took an extra 10 minutes to, to uh, put some product in your hair and throw on a jacket, you know. So I, I think that's a, that's a great place to start is, is the closet test. Can you reach in blindly, grab something, and know you're going to look good at it? I think that's a great recommendation. I remember years ago, one moment where I took a big step towards being a man. I remember I went through my closet and did something very similar to what you're saying. I went through and I took all the stuff that didn't make me feel good. So it didn't mean necessarily mean it was the stuff that made me look the fucking most awesome, but it didn't make me feel bad. And what I, I mean by that is those holy socks that you have had in yeah. your drawer for the last three years that you wear when it's the last pair, throw those motherfuckers away, right? Those stained fucking <laughs> underwear that you have in your, your, the back of your drawer that they're the last pair that you use, throw them in the garbage. Uh, I mean, literally go through your wardrobe and find the stuff that makes you feel like shit when you put it on and throw it away. And, uh, I, I, I remember doing that and, it make it makes such a difference when you cut the fat from your life. In this case, that was just something simple that I did that dramatically affected the way I felt. And that was the catalyst for me doing this in other aspects of my life. I started thinking about all the things that I own. If there's a pen in my can of pens and the top is missing or it's broken, throw it in the fucking garbage. And what happens is it's a cleansing process where in my case, I know other people I've recommended it to, you clean out the old and you make sure that you replace and fill your life with things that make you feel good because so much of your success in life is how you feel, 
how you feel about yourself, you feel about the world, and how people feel when they interact with you. Wow, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. That's, that's, that's a symbolic and practical uh, suggestion. It, and it was like I was saying with the beta man stuff, start to throw out the stuff that's broken in your life and, and start to bring in uh, the stuff that works, man. That's, that's, a, that's a great story, you know, and, and I think um, just by talking to you in the, in the last couple of minutes here, Chris, I can tell that, that it's likely that one of the ways that you teach is to use um, example and personal experience, which I, I think that's very powerful. I appreciate the compliment. I mean, in the end, our coaching is all about trying to help people reach their potential. But as men, I think it's important that we learn from each other. I learn from you. You learn from me. Our personal experiences are the basis for that, sharing our personal experiences and story. I know as part of your story, you talk a lot about getting into shape and how that's changed your life. Can you talk a little bit about health and fitness and how that affects your dating and social life? Oh, yeah, it, it, uh, absolutely. You know, it goes back to... Um, just like dressing the part, if you look good, you feel good. And if you feel good, uh, you're going to project more confidence. And, you know, if you look like shit, you're going to feel like shit. I mean, there, there, there were times when I would wake up and I would, I would stand, I'd look in the mirror and be sucking in my gut and I'd turn sideways and let it out. And I'm just, I was so mad, you know, I just, I wanted to, to pound, myself in the, in, in the, in the belly. It's like, why did I let myself get to this point? You know? And, 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 and there's a spiral there of feeling bad. We all know the guy that can't wait to take his shirt off at any, you know, the playing volleyball. Cool. I'm going to take my shirt off. Matthew, yeah. Matthew uh, McConaughey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. And, and why not? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, it, it, there's obviously something about it that's working for him. You know, it, it all comes down to a, a decision. Like, you know, do, do I want to look better? Um, and, you know, we're all kind of looking for that magic pill. And that, that goes to our business as well. You know, I mean, if there was, we see it all the time. This crazy dating secret or the new, take this pill and lose weight, blah, 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 blah. And we want to believe that so bad that we lay down the money for it. And the more they charge for it, the more it must work. And if, if being in shape was as easy as taking a pill every day, we'd all be in shape, you know? And it's the, it's the same thing with um, uh, improving your life and, and businesses like ours. I think guys, and this goes back to, um, you know, the, the pickup line culture, which is we see that, doofus with the hot chick we said man he must have said something to her and we want to know what he said and there are some charlatans out there that will be like hey we'll teach you exactly what to say and get get girls you know it has nothing to do with changing what you look like how you feel um your your confidence any of that stuff they don't transform who you are they're selling the magic pill and again we want to believe that why because we're lazy by nature and that's that's what's going to set you apart from the beta males of the world is when, and it, you know, and this is what it took for me was I have fat, lazy, lying activities and I had to start eliminating those from my life, you know, and this may not be good news to people listening because again, they want, how am I going to get into shape overnight? You're not, it, you didn't get fat overnight and you're not going to get slim overnight, but you do need to take 
some action. You know, a 20-minute a walk is 10 minutes that way, turn around, and come back. And if you don't have the time to do that, then you're not serious about it. And that's the first place to start. You know, these fat, lazy, lying activities are, I'm going to collect more Riddler trophies in my Batman video game, you know, or whatever it is. And instead, it, this is when I go to the gym. I don't go to the gym when I feel like it. I go to the gym when I don't feel like it. And this is something that I made myself do. Um, just because, again, I realized that the problem isn't anything else but me and my activities or my lack of activities. So I made the goal written on paper that when I do not feel like going to the gym, I go. And you'd be surprised that once you make the effort to throw all your shit in a gym bag and get in the car or, or walk down there or whatever it is, by the time you get there, your mindset has changed. And here's the, the underlying psychological part of it, I believe. Now, I'm not a PhD, but this is what I believe changed for me, Chris, so it's that you, you, you change that mindset from, I'm, I just want to lay on the couch, I'm so tired, all this other stuff. You get in the car, you get down there, and you find that all of a sudden my mindset has changed. The underlying psychological part of that is, is that you start to realize that you have the power to change things about yourself, including your mood, including the way your body looks, including your success with women, including your financial status, because you just did it, you know? And it's, it's really quite as simple as if nothing changes, nothing changes, you know? I think this is awesome advice. I mean, really, how do you attract more women? You make yourself a more attractive person. And there are quick fixes, but the quick fixes are learn to dress nicer, which actually is not that quick of a fix. I mean, it's quick compared to getting in shape. And getting in shape, I would say, is actually a relatively quick fix in the sense that in three or four months, most people can get in really good shape. Some people, it takes a lot longer than that. Some people, a little bit less. But I would say the average person, three to four months of working out consistently, your body language your voice. These things are the foundations. And you're right, they're not like light switches. You can't just flip them on. They take time and development. Dating coach Chris Luna here. This is the perfect time to take a quick break to talk to you about three simple things that you can do to dramatically change your life. First, listen to this entire podcast and then subscribe through SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. This way you'll immediately be notified every time we share a new release. If you listen and apply the ideas we discuss on these podcasts, it will change your life forever. Second, go to craftchrisma.com, create an account, and become a member of our community. There you can read articles, listen to podcasts, watch videos, ask us questions, and document your journey in our forums. Great men don't become great on their own. All great men are members of a community, and Craft Charisma is your community. Finally, if you're serious, and I know that you are, about making massive changes to your life as quickly as possible, check out our live coaching programs on our website. Craft Charisma Live programs are the fastest way to improve your dating and social life. And who knows? Attend our live programs, let us get to know you, and you may end up as a member of the Craft Charisma team. Again, thank you for listening. Now back to the podcast. Yeah, and, and you'd be surprised how little time it does take once you uh, make the decision to do it. You know, um, what is the, uh, 
the psychological adage that say it takes what three weeks for a behavior to become a habit. It's funny because I always see that, and they say it's 21 days or something like that. I always see that, and I've never seen any of the evidence to support that. But um, it's the ideas behind, and the idea is, is true. It's essentially social. Uh, it goes back to like Pavlov's dog, social conditioning, uh, emotional conditioning. How long does it take us to become conditioned to change our behavior? But yeah, no, I, I think overall that's a, a general truth that lies in the idea. So you talk a little bit about energy level. What are some ways that guys can increase their energy levels? You know, I, I've always been a, a firm believer in not this die young and leave a good looking corpse, you know, but to just fucking slide into the grave halfway backwards and what a ride and used to used it all up kind of thing. Um, and with that said, you know, everything I believe starts with your, your mental state and there, there is, you know, as you get older, what you're doing, you know, as you're listening to this is it's something that we all can't avoid. You need to find out how much sleep you actually need. You know, um, some people can make it on five hours. Some people need eight. For me, it's like getting the proper amount of sleep. You know, anything in my life, you know, be it my, my wardrobe, my body, my finances, or anything, it takes the tiniest little bit of discipline. And it's, it's not that much. It just sets you apart from, from everybody else because we get so hung up in the past and the future and we're, we're screwing up the now, you know, it's that old adage, one foot in yesterday and one foot in tomorrow, you piss all over today. And today I need about 45 minutes to an hour more sleep than I used to, to feel mentally prepared to take on my day. So I don't sleep in, I just go to bed a little bit earlier. And for me, that was one of the, that's one of the best natural energy providers in the world. Obviously, you know, talking to your doctor, if, if you feel like you have a lack of energy, um, you know, and, and about your diet, I mean, the things that you eat, I'm, I'm not a, you know, nutrition guru by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not that hard to, um, like I said, talk to your doctor or even Google what it is that you're trying to find out on online, you know, about what can I do to eat better? And it, man, when I was a kid, and this is, I don't want to date myself, but there used to be these little, they're almost like public service cartoons that were on in the morning on Saturday morning. And it always stuck with me. There was this, these two claymation figures and one of them was uh, eating an apple and the other one was eating a bag of chips. And the one that was eating the bag of chips kept, molding and melting and turning into this blob and the other guy was growing bigger and stronger you know as it went on and, and he kept saying to the guy why are you eating that he goes these taste good and he's like well yeah this apple tastes good too and it's good for you and he goes yeah but these taste good and he's like Bleh. and he just turns into this blob and that that has always stuck with me you know i'm not saying the, the body the temple and all that other stuff but you know, we learned this shit in kindergarten. You are what you eat, man. So for me, you know, getting more energy is getting the proper amount of sleep and eating the right kind of food. And, you know, it's not for me to tell you what that right kind of food is, but it doesn't take that long for you to find out for yourself. 
It's funny. It sounds like one of the most effective public service announcements ever, if you remember it after however many years and it's had that type of effect on your life. But it's, uh, no, (laughs) it's true. I, I, um, I mean, I'll go a step further and I'll just tell guys, and, and I can't, I won't say that I'm a hundred percent innocent, but when I'm in that absolute peak performance and I get into really, really good shape, but when I'm in that, in that place, there are certain things that I'm doing consistently. One is I'm using my body all the time. And, and there's simple ways that we always cheat. Things like you get to an office building, got to go up to the second floor and you wait four minutes for the elevator when you could walk up the steps. Yeah. It doesn't take very effort. <laughs> so simple. It makes a massive difference when you add these things up. Don't eat lots of processed foods. When you're drinking two liter thing of Pepsi or, or Coke, you're drinking sugar water. You're not a hummingbird. The, the, the crazy thing about, you know, like a two liter of Mountain Dew is that it, it's the equivalent of eating Thanksgiving dinner. And the, the bad news is, is that the high fructose corn syrup doesn't stimulate your full buttons. So you just ate Thanksgiving dinner and you're not full. So you can, you can continue to eat. You know, there isn't that thing that turns your body off. It says, I'm not hungry anymore. It's really scary, you know, and that's kind of how we get into that. You know, it just sneaks up on you. It's like I said, you don't get out of shape overnight. And as you get older, you got to work a little harder at it. That's all there is to it. And there are guys, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm in my forties now. I've been doing this for almost 10 years and I knew really, really well with guys, uh, against guys half my age. I'm not any better looking or anything else. I just got my shit together. You know, talked about discipline. I mean, that's a perfect transition. What are some of the things that allowed you to shift your life from where it was to better sets of habits? Because it does take disciplines. I mean, were you talking yourself into submission where there's different strategies that we're using that were helping you to develop better strategies. I love your thoughts on this. I'm, I'm like every other human on the planet. Um, you know, we are pleasure seeking individuals or at, at a minimum pain avoiding. And, you know, my threshold for pain, be it of, the emotional variety or the physical variety and everything was, was pretty high, but I did hit a certain point where enough was enough. And it, it came down to, for me, it's like, first of all, um, making a decision and you have to make a decision, um, or you have no place to start. And the decision was, is that I'm going to change my life. And, once I did that, you know, I was on board with, you know, mentally it started to change the way I thought I had made this decision to change things in my life. And then my subconscious was starting to work on how can I improve X today? People kind of get caught up in these, uh, psychobabble mantras of, you know, like a, like a heavy set person, for example, will tell himself, I'm getting thinner and thinner every day. I'm getting thinner and thinner every day. And your subconscious, you know, that inner critic is going, no, you're not. It knows the truth. So instead of telling my mind, you know, these untruths, well, I'm getting thinner every day, I would start to lucidly take over my inner dialogue and say, what can I do to get thinner today? And Instead of my inner critic telling me that I'm fat, 
it would work on solutions to get thinner. And, you know, instead of constantly telling me that I'm a fat piece of shit. And that really worked for me. Almost everything I did, every, th- every time I reached into the refrigerator or to pick up something to drink, it would click almost subconsciously, what can I do to get better at this? I can have a glass of water. You know, I can do this, I can do that, I can go for a walk. And the other thing is, is if you don't have, like I said, you make the decision and you start to change this inner dialogue and then you need a roadmap. Because it's like starting out on a trip and not knowing where you're going. And if you don't know where you're going, you're not going to end up anywhere. Or you'll end up somewhere, but it may or may not be where you want to be. And, again, I I never underestimate the power of putting pen to paper. You know, that, that brand-new pen that I bought because I threw away the broken one. And using that to, uh, again, bring this roadmap from the mental into the physical, you know, and, and seeing it on paper and reviewing it every night and modifying it. It's this very small thing, Chris, you know, it's, it's not that hard to do. Um, and it's that little thing, you know, this little, little journal, my roadmap of where I want to be, you know, I want to in five years have 5 million in the bank. I want to in one year, be 22 pounds thinner, you know, uh, I want to blah, blah, blah. And we're doing that every day so that my subconscious is on board with that, you know, and it's helping me instead of fighting against me. So one of the challenges I think with some of the listeners, and it might not be all of them, but I know that there's a certain percentage of people who are scared to be honest about the things that they really want. So even when they put pen to paper, they hold back because they're worried about, well, what happens if I fail? I don't want other people to think I failed. Even if I don't show anybody my goals, I don't want to perceive myself as a failure. What do you recommend? A, a couple of things. One is, you know, unless you hit the lottery, a guy who has $5 million in the bank, did he do that overnight? No. It's making manageable goals. You know, if you're 50 pounds overweight, and your goal is to lose 50 pounds, that's great. That's your roadmap. That's where you want to go. But how are you going to get there? It starts with losing that first pound. And if you look at it in small bits like that, anybody can make a goal of losing one pound and probably be successful at it. And that's the best place to start is making your goals manageable. That's why I recommend that roadmap. I want to lose 50 pounds. Well, that, that is overwhelming. I can't do that. I'm going to go exercise and, and then I stand on the scale. Shit, I gained a pound. This is not going to work. I can't do it. Or I need to make $5 million. And a month from now, shit, I haven't saved a dollar. And the, you know, the first million comes with saving the first dollar. So let's find out what our goals are. If it's losing 100 pounds, if it's making a million dollars, whatever it is, then start to chart out the roadmap and break it down into smaller achievable goals. And you've probably heard of this concept of the success loop. We 
say, you know what? I want to lose 50 pounds, but first I need to lose a pound. Hell, first I need to lose a half a pound. I can do that. That doesn't seem overwhelming. That's something that I'm pretty certain that I can do. And, and then I do that and I lost that half pound. I said, man, that wasn't too bad. I can do that again. And you start to get your confidence up. And, you know, you save that first $10. Hey, I did that. Breaking it down into those achievable goals. Because, you know, you mentioned something in, uh, we had talked previous to this about being present. For people who don't understand what that is, that's just like this constant series of nows that is our life. And that 50 pounds that you want to lose is somewhere down the road. And if you spend all your time in the future, you're never going to get there. You know, and, and it's the same with women. All these catastrophes that men are afraid of when approaching a woman, they all happen in our mind. And we get paralyzed by this fear. Oh, she's going to laugh at me or everybody's going to point and look at me or her boyfriend's going to come over and beat me up or she's going to throw a drink in my face. And that has not happened. That is something in the future that we have dreamed up. And it keeps us from acting in the now. And will you sleep with every girl that you approach and talk to? No. Will you not sleep with every girl you don't approach? Absolutely. That's the only guarantee. I think it's great. I think we have some great ideas here. And it's so true that a lot of the guys live within, or people, it's not just women do the same thing, but they live within their fantasies as opposed to within the moment. We've talked a lot about goals because I think it's such an important part of what it means to be a leader, what it means to be alpha, because all alpha is is it means that you're the leader and uh, nobody is the leader in every situation. Uh, it's just not natural. It's not realistic. You might be the leader in your business or in your relationship and you walk into a dance class where you don't know how to dance. And like, obviously you're not going to be the leader in there. Although some of those characteristics that you develop in these other aspects of your life are going to carry over. But as we've talked a lot about goals, we've moved around the idea, but we haven't explicitly talked about kind of how to put your behaviors in alignment with your goals. I mean, we, we talked about how, for example, drinking soda is bad. And so that's like a mini step. But one of the things that I know that you discuss a lot is scheduling. And I think it's worth mentioning, how can the guys stay motivated? How can they integrate a consistent schedule and develop that into a set of habits that supports this long-term vision for themselves? It's like anything else. You know, we said, what is the 21 days for something to become a new habit? You have to, it, it all starts with, like I said earlier, a decision. You have to decide that you're going to change, not just think about it, because you're trying to think your way into right acting. The actions will get you to think properly once you start to see the success. If you're unable to take a small action to lose that half a pound or to put that $10 in the bank, then you're unwilling to change. And if you're unwilling to change, then you're going to get more of the same. If you always do what you always did, you're always going to get what you always got. And, you know, it's the classic definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Again, for me, it's just making the decision, writing down my goals, and then coming up with a roadmap. And then asking my subconscious, what can I do today to achieve these goals? 
And that whole thing that I just told you takes five minutes a night. That is the difference between your alphas who are successful in their business, in their romance, in their physical and mental well-being, and the betas who are not. It's the, the smallest of things. At least that's, that's how it worked for me. That's a, my personal experience, and that's what I insist that my students do, is if I give you a suggestion, you have to take some sort of action on it. Um, you know, for people listening to this podcast, there's probably a lot of great ideas in here. And, you know, take what you need, leave the rest. But just listening to it, if that inspires you, that's great. But now act on it. You know, make the move. Call Chris Luna, for example. Uh, take that action. Because the people that call Chris and then do what Chris suggests are successful. And we know this because there are hundreds, thousands of men that you have helped and, you know, that I have helped. And it's simply because they took an action. You know, I found that the older gentleman, and I'm talking um, 35, 36 to about 50, they seem to take suggestions and take action and get it a lot quicker than younger guys because I don't know if there's like a know-it-all mentality or they think, well, I still have time. But these guys that, you know, when you get to a certain age in your life, you know who you are. It's like those Viagra commercials, you know. You know who you are. This is the time of taking action. You can fix your own car, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and by the way, here's a hard-on pill. Go fuck your wife, you know. And I think that's, that's, that's true. Um, and if you could learn anything from our experience, it's that taking action is the most important thing in the world that you can do and, and, and not overthinking it. It's not that complicated. You know, I don't teach you anything that I haven't done myself. And therefore I know that it works. This, it's not theory, it's experience. It just comes down to making that decision, you know, and going from there. We're about out of time. We got to wrap this up, but I will tell the guys kind of one tip that helped me when I was younger. I knew that I needed to take action, but didn't always know how to do that, what should be the next step. And essentially what I learned to do was create long-term goals, right? So set a goal for 20 years, 15 years, five years, three years, a year, six months, a month, a week, a day. And when we get down to the daily level, you're really talking about scheduling, like, and, mo and you can't get through 20 things in a day, set two or three or four things that you, you want to get done today. That's going to move you towards that bigger goal. So for example, you're like, I want to be ripped and I want to have 7% body fat. Then it's not going to happen overnight. If you're trying to work towards these long-term goals, break them down all the way to the daily level. And you treat your life like you would a business, like you would something serious and literally schedule it. So break this down to daily level and start scheduling it. Once you know that you're going to be at the gym from two to four and that you're going to be working on that book you always wanted to write from five to six and then you have what you can start saying no to people you can say oh i can't come over and play xbox today because i got to do xyz you can start beginning to say no and really understand what your values are i absolutely agree and i think you summarized it great you know if, if i could leave you and your listeners with a thought it's that and it goes back to your original question differences between alpha and beta male you know this is going to sound counterintuitive, but the beta male 
his number one priority is different than alpha male. Believe it or not, an alpha's number one priority is not women. And by virtue of women not being your number one priority, you get more women in your life. And why is that? Because you're working on, like you said, your business, your brand. Think of yourself as a commodity. If you're constantly available, you know, if she says, well, I really wish you wouldn't play poker with the guys on Wednesday and come over and see me, you have to say, no, I can't do that. You know, this is my schedule. This is what I do. And the beta is so afraid to tell her no for fear that he'll lose her or upset her, whereas the alpha, like he knows, is this is what's important to me. And you are important to me as well, but you're an addition to my life, not my entire life. So unless you take care of yourself, you're not going to attract anyone anyway. So don't go out of your way to attract women, and you will attract more women. I think it's great advice. Focus on yourself and draw people into your life. It's such an important concept. Jay, this has been awesome. I got to wrap this up. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. If you're listening and you want to learn more about JD, his products, his coaching, the different things that he does, uh, we're going to post some links on the Craft Charisma website and within the description of this podcast so you can find out about him more easily. I uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, it's my pleasure, Chris. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again in the future, my friend. It's dating coach Chris Thona here. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And we absolutely love making this podcast. We make this podcast for you. So if there's somebody that you want on the show, let me know. I will yell, scream, stand in front of their house, do everything I do to get them on the show for you. Also, don't hesitate to follow the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. You can also give us a shout out through social media, Facebook, Twitter, share it with your friends. And lastly, Go to the Craft Christmas website and create an account. There you can talk about the podcast and communicate with me directly. So thank you again for taking time to listen. You will hear again from me soon.